Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. wonder whether you are really connecting with and supporting millennials in your company? In today's episode, we interview Warren Wright, one of the nation's leading experts on researching generations. Warren shares how coaching and feedback have become crucial for your success as a manager and a team member in today's virtual and hybrid world. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. We have Ginny Mathis on the East Coast and I'm Mitch Simon on the West Coast. And today we're excited to have Warren Wright, one of the nation's leading experts on researching generations. He is founder and CEO at Second Wave Learning and author of the book, Second Wave Millennials, Tapping the Potential of America's Youth. Welcome, Warren. And let's get started with our first question. How did you survive last year? Yeah, it's been a it's been a year, hasn't it? You know, and it's been almost a year. Um, and if someone told me exactly a year ago that um, my entire company would be doing business on a video conferencing platform called Zoom, I never would have believed them, and I had no expectation that that would actually happen. Um, one of the things I think that I learned is that. Uh, is Zoom is my best friend, you know. Um, I just, you know, we within within about six weeks, our entire company just transformed into this platform, and now we're doing um, workshops, training, consulting, all virtually, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, and it's really been fascinating. I mean, I guess one of the things I've learned about, um, I think I've learned about this this past year is that. The coronavirus has put a huge magnifying glass on all the issues and problems that organizations have. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I'm in, I'm in the generations business, so I'm in the business of uh, helping folks understand how generations could communicate better. And that issue has actually gotten worse oh. um, since um, since this whole since kind of this whole thing happened for a number of different reasons that I could get into. So. Um, but, but no, you know, I'm, I'm getting along, I'm surviving. I don't, I don't leave the, you know, like where I'm sitting right now. I just never leave. I'm just here all the time. I'm not, I, know. I don't get in my car. I don't do anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm well, you got to realize, I mean, the kids are out of the house, right? So yeah. like they're grown, you know, I'm of the generation that has grown kids. And so my generation for the most part is kind of has a little more space and room than, than some of the younger folks that, that are out Yeah, there. for sure. For sure. Well, um, you brought up, obviously, generations and um, share with us why thinking in terms of generations is of great value to an organization. Um, We certainly have heard about, you know, millennials and Gen X and Gen Y and Z. Why do we need to pay attention to this? Yeah, why generations? Well, that's kind of why I wrote my book, was to really um, answer that question and to dig into that topic, um, it, it um, uh, when I um, 
a couple of years ago, I partnered with a guy named Neil Howe. And uh, Neil Howe and Bill Strauss would have wrote a book called Generations in 1991. Mm-hmm. And that's where they came up with the name Millennials. Mm-hmm. So Neil and I um, had uh, started a business together this was several years ago now, I guess. And um, and he was in the Generations business. And of course, my background is at the Gallup organization. I was managing partner and um, of that consulting firm. And we did polling and research and, and, and consulting and so forth. And I said, Neil, why, you know, you're the, you are the generations guy. You wrote the book on generations. Why don't we actually find out why generations are important? Um, so we did a series of, uh, I put my Gallup hat on and we did a series of surveys. One of the questions really that, that we asked, the answers to it really astounded us. And the question was, um, in the workplace, um, does, generational differences get in the way of creating better relationships and 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 productivity and so forth and 75% of the folks says yes generations generational differences do matter and do get in the way of being productive in the workplace um the another question we asked was um uh, when you describe uh, how you see the world and how you view things you know, what is it about you that actually makes the person that you are? And we put race and we put, you know, what part of the country we're from and what, you know, all that. Thing. Generations actually came up first. So people are defining themselves by their generation. So so if you're if you're the CEO of a company and there's something out there that is affecting, broadly speaking, three out of every four people working in your organization, then that's something you should pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And so. So we really zeroed in on um, creating discovery around what, you know, okay, well, let's get into this thing and figure out what's, what's going on. So that, that's kind of the journey that we, uh, that, that we took. And it's, and it's fascinating. To this day, people just don't, they just don't understand that topic of generations and, and why it's important and what the differences are and so forth. But we know that it is because research is showing that. Yeah. Or, or they don't want to. Right. Because... Well, people don't want to do anything. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> learning is like, I have right, to right. learn? Yeah. yeah <laughs> learn yeah. something new? <laughs> so that brings us to the the next level of this with um, leaders and managers now having another layer put onto this, which is remote and Zoom. How does that start all coming together or not? Yeah. And as I suggest, mostly not, actually. Um, you know, so again, our, our business is to improve generational communications at work. And, and we're finding that miscommunication between generations has, has actually accelerated um, in the work from home environment. Um, so why, why is that happening? Well, to answer that question, we have to really understand the nature of work from home dynamics and where each generation is in their stage of life. So, for example, I don't know. I don't know what generation you guys are, but like if you're an older Xer like me or a boomer, chances are that you were in a stage of life where, you know, maybe the kids are out of the house. Maybe you got a little mm-hmm. more room. You know, you might have bought a house, you know, 20 years ago that of course millennials can't afford to buy houses now. So things, you know, things are and research shows this, that the boomers are doing OK and older mm-hmm. Xers are doing OK. Um, younger Xers. Um, who have kids between the ages of like, you know, two years old and eight, nine years old, are really having trouble and really struggling right now. 
And they actually, research is showing that they want to come back to work <laughs> faster than anyone else. Like, get me out of the house, right? Um, yeah. For millennials and Gen Z, it's different. Um, and this is the generation that actually has the most difficulties um, in, in communicating with other generations since the pandemic. And you would think that wouldn't be the case because it's like, well, no, millennials are tech, they're tech savvy. Like, well, why wouldn't they, you know, but actually, actually um, saw a piece of research, 50% of millennials say they're having difficulty communicating with colleagues of other generations. That compares to 30% for boomers and Xers. Hmm. Um, so um, no, let's think about the millennials world. I'm just thinking about my son, right? Um, maybe, maybe you're a millennial and you live in an apartment and you might have a roommate, um, and you might not be in an optimal situation from working from home. There's a lot of distractions, you know, maybe you don't live in such a nice place and maybe there's like sirens going off all the time. And maybe, you know, I mean, think about a millennial, think about someone under 30 and their situation. It's just Mm going to be really, really different. And so I think there's a broad, um, Non non recognition among managers and leaders that this is going on that that, that people's lives are really different um, in working from home and it really impacts and affects you know their their, their levels of productivity. Um, I would say um, okay, so that's that's what each generation is kind of going through, right? In terms of intergenerational communication, the number one reason actually that millennials are so dissatisfied is the same reason they were dissatisfied before the pandemic. <laughs> and that is that they don't feel like they're getting enough feedback. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of the same old story, except the, the, the gen, the gen Xers and the, and the boomers are even less um, equipped to provide feedback because they're not oh, as familiar with this new environment and so that just goes down, 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 down. And what you're having is, is, is a good deal. And I'm not suggesting like every millennial's like miserable out there, but, but, but the trends do show that this is a generation that's having more difficulty um, with this transition in, in, into a work from home environment. Warren, so then what would you recommend lead? Oh, I'm sorry. We yeah, might be asking the same question. Yeah, no, I, yeah, that's it's, it's basically it. You know, it's um, the issue is, as you're pointing out, Warren, um, before the pandemic, it was bad, right? But at least, Warren, if you worked for me, I would see you in the office every day, and I would yeah. give you, I would give you okay or crummy feedback. But now, Warren, I don't even see you anymore. Yeah. So why would you expect from me to give you any feedback? I don't know what you're doing. So help well, help me with that. Yeah, you know, honestly, we're really understanding the value of uh, MBO management by walking around, or MBA, I guess, management by walking around. Um, there actually was a great value in that, believe it or not. And so, you know, you, you literally are physically around people and just a, just a quick nod and a smile and a pat on the back and an acknowledgement. When, when young people are starting out at work, they look for cues. They look for clues of, of how they're doing. This is a generation that you got to realize this is a Snapchat generation that is so used to feedback so fast. Mm-hmm. Right. They send a chat out. They get something back immediately. Right. I aming. It's not even you're not even texting anymore. You're I aming. Right. And so. So here they are. They're alone in their house. They're given a project. I mean, you know, their manager thinks, oh, they're probably doing fine. You know, 
Um, well, they're not. And, and so it's important to actually do, to, to increase your level. I mean, one of the things we, that we, we talk about in our book, in my book is, um, sim- this is really simple. Just the frequency at which you provide feedback it doesn't even mm-hmm. matter. Feedback doesn't even matter. I mean, yes, it has to be good feedback, but like make sure you're like touching base with them on a frequent basis because their time frame is very different from your time frame. They think yeah. about time in a really different way. They're they're like feedback, 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 feedback. The other thing is when they were in school, um, which is really kind of different from our experience. You know, we were kind of like you know. Why we were like you know wild children, right? This is a very. By the time millennials came around, there was a lot of attention on the child. Okay, there was a lot of focus, and there was a lot of like these these special things will be, you know, they they will achieve, and there was huge kind of um, social change that happened in in the in the 90s that actually. Everybody, you know, policies and and uh, the way kids were raised and schools treated kids differently than they used to be, right? We were free range children. We were used to whatever, right? Whatever was the thing that I used a lot, being an exer, right? Millennials aren't that way. They were they they grew up and were raised with an understanding that they were that they were special, that that uh, you know they meant something, that they were there to do a purpose, and that they're ready for feedback please give me feedback on an ongoing basis. And then they get to work after college and um, their boss has just no idea. They just have no clue that that mm-hmm. is a dynamic that actually exists within that generation. So, um, so, so I would say, yeah, feedback. Yeah. So you do, but you do need to, yes, you do need to, Mitch, you know, you, so you have to, so what you need to do is you need to rethink your job as a manager. If you know you need to do feedback and you're not, you can't do it by managing walking around. How do you do it? What you know? What are the ways you do it? So, there's a lot of good tools out there um, that that actually help with that. Um, uh, so, and 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 by the way, this is not like the tools that are out there are not like the answer. You still have to actually do the things that you need to do to be a leader. Um, uh, and by the way, I think millennials they, they have a little bit higher standards and expectations of you as a boss. Mm-hmm. Than other generations have, you know, Xers. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think much of my bosses, yeah. and that was okay. You know, wasn't much there. Okay. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> you know, I had two jobs. One was like to do my job. The other was just to, like to satisfy my boss. I, they right. never like they never like there's like a never a Venn diagram on that. No, right? yeah. But with the millennials, they're, they're they look at authority figures as like you're. You know, their first authority figure was their parents, and they got along with them actually very well, as opposed to our generation. And so, there's an expectation that there's a kind of a kind of a, a co-creation going on in, in yeah. the things that are um, that we we were used to just going off on our own and just doing our own thing. Um, but I would say I'd say the things uh, that that young people are looking for technology-wise, um, I got I got if you're ready, I got five things. I got five things if you're ready. Okay. Oh, right. So the first one is 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 Slack, and and that is um, now that's going to be you know your company's going to decide on an enterprise scale if they want to use Slack or not. And a lot of folks don't use Slack because they say it's not secure, so government agencies won't use them and so forth. But it is a very very simple way to organize topics by groups, to uh, carry on chat conversations. To it's kind of like it's kind of like project management software meets Facebook. Or yes. meet Snapchat, you know, right. so you can actually throw emojis back and forth and stuff like that. So, um, if your company can't do 
Slack. Um, you know, even Microsoft Teams uh, has a lot of those capabilities. And actually, I found a lot of young people are really happy with Microsoft Teams. Um, again, that would be more on the on the enterprise wide companies to decide if they want to use that. Um, the other up and coming one is called Flock, F-L-O-C-K. And that is um, uh, they're very good on team chat software. So if you're oh. on a small team and you just want that team to be chatting back and forth, you don't want to get into all the other stuff that 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 does that. Um, keep in mind, it's, you know, for, for young people, millennials and Gen Z, like um, communication is more about it's. Yes, it's about in person and it's about, you know, seeing you on the video, but it's also about chat. They're OK with chat. Like chat's okay. Mm -hmm. Like right. you know, if you could do that and you could do it frequently, that's a good thing. Um, the the fourth one is called Trello, T R E L L O, and that's kind of a list making software. So it's really it's like if you have like like here are the three priorities I need to do today, you know, and you and you post it up, and so your boss could see it, and then your boss could comment on it, and so forth. Um, that's a collaborative. A lot of these are collaborative softwares, which really fit with the younger generation. And the last one is 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 an easy one. Just Google Docs. Like if all else fails, yes, just sorry. use Google Docs <laughs> yes. because because you could share documents and uh, you could send notes and you could kind of you know you could kind of do all that stuff. So so those are the, some of the things I think that um, that 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 folks find to be helpful. I think the challenge though is a lot of the older generations really have a hard time, you know, like literally like how much time can I spend on flock? You know, my wife uses, um, uh, she uses, um, Slack and she uses it now. Her millennial employees have been using it for months mm -hmm. and she's finally getting around, but all the conversation is happening on Slack. It's not happening on email. Nothing is happening on email these days with Gen Z. Right. Um, it, it's, it's all just on, on this collaborative software. So if you're a company and you're not actually, you know, looking at collaborative software, then you really need to start doing it because most of your employees are using it, whether you're endorsing it or not. You know, there's a lot of free versions of these things that, yeah. that, are, that are kind of floating yeah. out there. So and, and then and then just like your wife, they have to learn it and they have to learn it well. And oh yeah, you have to be a master of it, you know, and that takes a while. It takes a time. It takes a while yeah. to do. Yeah, it really but. does. Now, can I ask you a question? Because um, we, you know, we spend a lot of time on, on the um, intergenerational between, let's say, the boomers and Gen X with the millennials. Are you seeing any issues among millennials? I, I do coach a lot of companies where management and employees, they're all millennial. Um, are you seeing, out, you know, outside of the, the huge issue, which is, yeah, they're, you know, living on top of their roommates, you know, with sirens going on. Um, in terms of in terms of working together um, as millennials, um, are you seeing any issues there? Yeah, it's so interesting. I do work with uh, some Silicon Valley companies that fit into that category. Uh, there's literally every single person that works at the company, and there's 80 people are between the ages of 21 and 34. Right, <laughs> including I think the CEO is 29. Actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have a funny story. I was talking to. I was I was actually talking to a senior a senior person in the organization who's 28 years old, and he was describing the issues he was having with what he called his kid the kids in the organization the 22 year olds 20, 22 year olds yes <laughs> well these kids you know um, so there's a couple things um, 
one thing to realize is, you know, generations really is a thing even within generations. And so um, the, the, there tends to be a, um, and this is very universal. All the research suggests this. Older generations look negatively on younger generations. They never live up to expectations, even if there's an eight-year period between, right? Even if it's kind of the same generation, but you got some older ones and some younger ones, right? You're always going to be like, well, they just live right there. Yeah. Younger people don't feel that way. It's really interesting. Um, but there, you would think that all generations don't like each other. Well, actually, actually, younger generations do look kind of look up to older generations. Older generations don't think much of the younger generations to a large extent. Generations is a sociological construct that is uh, that that's kind of broad in nature, right? So, mm-hmm. so you may feel like you behave like a millennial, even though you're 22 and you're a Gen Z, right? So right, um, right. there's kind of a lot of that going on. But I think in environments, yeah, where there's where there are millennials, I do find that there is a certain kind of court esprit and a efficiency to having common generation all working on one thing. Um, you know, th- this company just, I mean, they just, they get stuff done. Mm-hmm. In way in in ways that I've never seen things get done before, because they're introducing new technology that older generations just wouldn't be able to figure out. Mm-hmm. And it is a Silicon Valley company, but still, um, yeah, there's still there's still actually uh, advantages I think in many ways to to having well, like generations work together. Warren, let, I'd like to uh, thank you for the five different um, technical tools. What do you um, advise then um, leaders and managers use and do um, interpersonally, especially um, like here on a Zoom, all right? I have people all over the country or the world. What are things that I need to be doing now? I I mean, they want more feedback. Okay, so what do I do? Yeah. So I'm glad you asked that because I think I think um, uh, I, I think it's important to, and this this could be kind of tough love, kind of uh, advice for some leaders out there, but you need to rethink the way you lead, um, and the way you need to rethink about it is the way that the CEO of Microsoft is doing it, Satya Nadella. Satya Nadella came to Microsoft I don't know six seven years ago whenever. Um, they were doing okay. Um, I don't know if you've seen the market valuation of Microsoft, but it's it's like a zillion dollars. Um, this 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 CEO has taken this company into an entirely different place. And you know what his little secret is that they wrote up in Harvard Business Review? He's actually taken off his boss hat and put on a coach hat. Yeah. He is chief coach of the organization. So. So I know some people are like crawling in their skin, like I have to be a coach to these young people, my Lord. Um, the reality is, is that um, having a coaching mindset with this younger generation and actually all generations to tell you the truth, because that's one little secret about millennials is that everything you should be doing for them, you should be doing it for everyone else too. Right. Millennials are just holding you to a higher standard because they're raised to a higher standard, to the great achieving generation, right? So what does a coach do? So what? So how do you, you know, what does that mean? What does a coach do? Well, um, if you think about, um, you know, back in the day, I, I so I, 
So my first job, I'll just give you an example. So my first job um, was uh, graduated from college. I worked at a radio station and it was selling advertising time. And I've never done that in my life. I didn't know anything about it. I just graduated from four years liberal arts school and I just got this job, right? So my boss, um, <laughs> on the first, on the second day, because the first day no one paid any attention, no one even knew I was there, right? right. <laughs> on the second day, my boss, I, I come to my boss and I say, is there like training? Like, can we, is there anything we could, like, I, I just don't really understand what I need to do. And he looks at me like exasperated. And he hands me yellow pages and he goes, this is what you do. These are yellow pages. Start with Z and go to A because everybody else is starting with A and going to Z. And you need to call every single person in this yellow page and get an appointment with them. And then you need to go in and you need to sell my advertising time. That's your job. That's what you do. I'm like, okay, that was it. That was my training. That was hundred percent all I got through, right? So if you gave a phone book like that, a yellow pages to a millennial today or a Gen Z, they'd be like, I don't understand. What do you mean? I don't get it. Like, how well, do you open it? <laughs> I, right. Now, I'm not saying that to degrade, and I, I don't want to, I think it's important not to get into the whole like, oh, they need so much hand holding and all that. I mean, everybody, I mean, the reality is I could have used better training back then, right? My manager was not a good manager, right? And so, and so when you're in the coaching mindset, you are into the understanding that um, you, you understand, like, how does Warren think? What does he need in order to perform his job? Let me right. design something for him. And what Satya Nadella does, he does manage him by walking around. And, and I think he walks down virtually, you know, virtually in his team thing. But he asks questions. Right. Um, what are you working on? You know, tell me what um, excites you about working on it and what's getting in your way, by the way. And a coach, actually, their job is to remove obstacles for you so you could do your performance better. So what's getting in your way of getting your of, of, get, of getting it done? So I have I have. So so my little trick that I tell people that's really easy to remember, if you want to be a great coaching manager, um, do this. Get a meeting set up once a week for 10 minutes. That's it. 10 minutes. Right. And there's three questions in that meeting. Um, the first question is, what did you do last week? Tell me about your week. What did you accomplish? What did you do? How to go? Blah, 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 blah. Second question is, what do you got planned for this week? Mm -hmm. What's on your agenda? Third question is, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. That's it. Right now, obviously, there it's maybe more than 10 minutes and that's totally OK. Right. But they're going to be they're going to be thinking about, well, um, how do I need your help? Well, I, I, you know, I need to get to the next level. Like, I don't know how to, I, you know, and there's, by the way, there's a guy I'm working with, I'm having trouble doing, you know, but unless you establish a dialogue and openness, I mean, I think that's one of the things about millennials is they would rather co-create. I was used to just having someone tell me what to do and I did it, right? That was our mm -hmm. generation. Mm -hmm. That's over. That is over. You have to co-create. If you're a leader, you have to co-create with your people. And that's part of what being a coach is. And, and, you know, I don't care if it's in person or online. You could do it both ways. I mean, you don't need to, you know, you don't have to be there in person to do that. The only reason that it works when you're there in person to do that is they see you and it reminds them that they have an employee whose name is Sean. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that's Sean. Oh, yeah, I haven't talked to him in a while. Let me go see Sean, right? So I think that's another thing to think about is that you got to be more deliberate 
and more organized as a manager. So you have to, you know, if, you're, if you have eight, 10 people reporting to you and you're not around them every day, you got to have a system set up where, and it could be a person a day, like your day's Friday, we're, we're touching base or whatever. Yes. Your day's Monday. But make sure there's a system set up so that you could actually get around to spending time with them, a quality time with them, asking questions and doing the things that, that they need to do. And can some I, leaders... Warren, I want to ask Warren uh, about co-creation. This is a great... I know. I, I've got so many questions. One of the things... Um, uh, I love... Um, so Warren, I had heard what millennials are is the canary in the coal mine for leadership. That that everything that that millennials have been saying has been just like, look, we we need to make a change. And so for that, you know, we thank them. I wanted to ask you on on the co-creation um in so I'm a Gen X and we learn to do things on our own and you know and just to suffer through it. <laughs> yes, we did. With millennials, um, they it seems to me that they naturally want to co-create. They naturally, they you know, when they went to school, it was a lot more group work. And I'm wondering, do you have any tips on how to support millennials or words to millennials to to keep those connections or to make those connections? Because for most of the millennials, as as we know from the from the research, many of these millennials are on their own. Whereas for those of us who are older, we're married or have kids at home. And what happens is, you know, they're being by themselves. They're, you know, stuck doing their own jobs. And yet there, there are some that are actually finding ways to make sure that their projects, you know, connect with other people. And I'm just wondering um, what, what recommendations you would have for millennials on asking for help or looking for ways to co-create. Um, I think on one of our radio shows, um, I think it was Susie Japs who basically said, um, what we're doing now is we're giving jobs to two people and we're not giving them to one yeah. person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You mentioned that it was a client I've worked to with a couple of years ago in Chicago that, um, they hire young people in batches. They, and I actually write, I actually write about this in my book. So they, they will not make a hire until they have like five openings. And what they do is they hire a cohort, they hire a team of young people. And it is amazing how they're thriving knowing that they have um, somebody that they could collaborate with. And this is particular, you know, problematic, right, with the work from home environment, because you're right, man, if they don't have someone around them. And this is a very um, I mean, I will I will give you an example of. So um, one 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 kind of cartoon icon to think about for millennials. If you think about this icon, you could think about kind of how millennials think. Barney the dinosaur, don't know if you're familiar with that. Yeah, My kids great. grew up with that. Barney told a message to work together, to collaborate, right? We, we had Oscar the Grouch in a garbage can that told us, you know, we got to survive, right? <laughs> so there is there is an expectation that there is a, that, that we could do this together, that there is a community and we will co-create. So, that's their orientation, right? That's their North Star. And, and it is challenging. You know, it's, it's super challenging when they're, when they're at home alone. And that's why I, um, another company I work with, it's, it's actually all millennials. It's a super small company. They, this is incredible. They actually um, keep their Zoom on all day, mm -hmm. all of them all day. Mm -hmm. So even if they're not talking with each other, just to be together, 
Um, so there, but there are ways, and and these these tools that I mentioned, you know, the Trello and the and the Slack and these things. I mean, there there are those connection opportunities and those kind of chat opportunities, but it does help to kind of institutionalize and re- recognize and institutionalize this notion that millennials do need to connect. And so whether it's from a hiring standpoint, a recruiting standpoint, a hiring standpoint, a managing standpoint, a, a team project standpoint, um, I was used to just going out and getting what I needed and bringing it back. And, you know, I just work with people when I had to, but that was fine. That's just not going to be as productive, I think, I think for millennials. Um, you know, the other thing is to think about is, um, and this is particularly the case with Gen Z, actually, 25 and under, um, the amount of um, anxiety that is present in this younger generation is is off the charts. I think something like clinically 46% are experiencing extreme anxiety, 46%. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that so there's a number of things contributing to that. Number one is kind of the existential dread of bad leadership, climate change, you know, this, that they all, and you talk to them, I've done focus groups. It's, they all feel like they're weighted down yeah. with this stuff, gun control, you know, all that stuff. But the other stuff that is just, um, is now they're home, now they're home alone. And they're, 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 they're used to being around people. And, and, you know, it's, you know, when you're young, you want to be around people. I mean, God, they're dying to get out in bars and see each other, you know? And so, and not that work could be the solution for that, but any way you could actually do events or contests or games or fun mm-hmm. stuff. This one millennial company I work with in Silicon Valley, they just do all these weird games all the time. And I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and they get on the, you know, they literally do the video games, you oh, know, yeah. and they have tournaments. Yeah. They do tournaments yeah. with video games. Mitch, but wait, but I want to but but one thing right. is really important to say to this. As you're talking about like the like, millennials feeling isolated. If you really want to know what they want and what they need, you know what you do? You ask them. You have a conversation. And you create the structures for those conversations. Which brings me to my question is, they're so technically savvy. Excuse me. Uh, And when you sit with them, you discover what they probably, and they can't even verbalize it because that's part of the problem. They do have certain problems with verbally communicating. Right. Uh, Because I don't have to. You've seen the Simon Sinek kind of talking Mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. They they don't have to break up with you. They just hit, you know, they just hit it on their phone and you're gone. Right. So learning how to have those conversations, which now are even more important because I'm um, from afar. I'm on a Zoom. um, That's where. I find some of the workshops and the consulting need yeah. to happen is, 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 are you, do you spend time with that in your workshops with leaders? Yeah. I mean, verbal communication is a big issue, particularly with the young, with Gen Z and not as much now with millennials. I've found, and my clients have found that they talk a lot when you engage them in conversation that is uh, kind of interesting and useful and actually has a purpose this is a generation that is really into purpose. Oh my God. 
I mean, and that they, they got that from the boomers a little bit, right? It kind of carried over. Um, but um, they want to know that what you're talking about is meaningful and real and authentic and makes a difference. And they want to know that you actually care about them as individuals. And, and then the floodgates open. I mean, you actually get, you get like, I've noticed that like with my kid, you know, I have two boys and they're very nonverbal, mm-hmm. you know, but when I'm talking about something that's, that, that, that they're passionate about, um, they just, like just won't stop right. talking. I mean, they just kind right. of go on and on. So a lot of it's psychology. Asking? It's kind of ah. psychology of the generation in a way, you know, kind of understanding that, I think. Yes. Um, and asking powerful questions because then oh, yeah. they love those. Powerful questions. Thank right. you. Don't ask yes. me a stupid question. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but it's not like it's, you still, if you're an older generation, you still need to know how to chat. And I am, you really, you do need to know how to do oh. that because you've got to meet them where they are. Right. That's the whole, totally. the whole theory, like meeting them where they are. Well, marketers do that. Right. That's why I like Snapchat's done mm-hmm. so well. It's because they're like doing everything on it. Cause that's where they are. Right. Right. So, so you do want to kind of meet them where they are on their own platforms. Um, well, Warren, this is fascinating. Uh, uh, you, Let's look towards what recommendations do you have for leaders um, as we go into this next year, as we're looking at the environment and generations? What are your tips? I think it's important for leaders, and if they haven't recognized this by now, I think they're in trouble, that, that we're, we're in a time of profound change. And when you are in a time of profound change, um, you need to change with that. With that, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it, so the things that you were doing in the past are not going to work in the future, and the things that are going to work in the future, you could get a clue for what those things are by looking at the values of the younger generation and what's important to them. Uh, give you a perfect example, and there's a there's a book. Um, so you can't see me getting up and looking for this book. Um, but it's called, um, it's actually called It's the Manager. And this is yeah, by, it. right over there. it's done with my former boss, Jim Clif- Clifton, the CEO of Gallup. And in it, he talks about kind of where things are going. And examples he gives is we are going from a paycheck economy to a purpose economy. And this is what millennials are thinking of, right? I mean, pay- uh-huh. paycheck to, to, to purpose. We're going from... Um, just work being work and, and work being work life. You know, yes. millennials and young people join um, organizations because they want to actually um, do something meaningful to society. And it's not just a job for me. It was just like, I just got to make money for them. Yeah, I need to make money, but it's like I want, you know, so, so, so employers, I think, and leaders need to recognize that because, by the way, everything that the millennials and Gen Z values is the future. That is where the future is going. Everything will kind of land on that, right? right. Um, it's you know, it's it's not about um, um, you know, what is the other thing? I can't think of the other thing. Other thing in here on this, but um, just drawing a blank on it. But but in any event, um, I think it's feedback I, again. It's feedback. I think it's rethinking how <clears throat> how you actually manage. Um, one thing that actually boomers introduced a long time ago that has kind of has some staying power is this whole notion of kind of mindfulness and um, understanding self-awareness, consciousness, EI, all that stuff. Right. Um, younger generations are into that. 
and oh, yeah. they, 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 they like that. They resonate with that. They understand this notion of authenticity that your inner self and your outer self need to be connected. Yeah. Um, I think uh, they don't like to work in organizations that just, you know, want you to, you know, produce widgets. They like to work in organizations that actually have, have something meaningful. And Simon Sinek talks about this all the time. If you're not attaching purpose to your organization, you're not going to attract any young people. If you can't figure out how to do that and position that, that's going to be really challenging, I think. So this notion of purpose, I think, is and uh, integrating work into life are, are, are real important considerations yes. you know, to leaders in the future. Well, that is just wonderful. Thank you so much. I think we had 20 more questions that we could go on. And uh, we may call you back to see I what happens. I have answers, the by the way. So, yeah, I usually <laughs> yeah. have 21 answers, which is probably too many, you know. Well, thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you so much, Warren. It's been a, an absolute pleasure. Um, there's so many applicable things that you really share in this podcast. So it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And so we thank you. We thank, thank all of our you guys. And thanks for listening to another episode of Team Anywhere. And please share this out with your friends. And we'll see you next time. 